Hey guys, it's time for another episode of The Checker Flag Show. This is going to be episode number two. We're going to be joined by Mr. Mason Smith. And we'll chat with him about how he got into racing and what his first Chili Bowl experience was like and so much more. It's all coming up right here. Five, five, Have you heard of the new company right here in Wichita Falls called What's Up 940? They'll show you the latest deals and steals and the hottest events right here in the falls. Just go follow them on all social medias at What's Up 940. So joining me now is going to be Mr. Mason Smith from... Good old Wichita Falls. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm glad to be on. Yeah. So, uh, how did you uh, how did you get started? First off, before we get into the Chili Bowl, how did you get started in racing? Man, I actually my whole family raced from back to my grandpa, my uncles, my dad. Uh, grandpa used to do dirt track back, you know, in the I guess it was the 40s and the 50s, and then out of the old Colonel C's and Lawton and all that, and then that come along and started running micro sprints, mini sprints now, whatever, whatever they're called today. And then one of my uncles also ran micros with him, and then everyone kind of switched to motocross at one point and they did that for a while and all both of my uncles and my dad all run motocross for years and then dad went and got another mini sprint at, at one point and ran a little bit here and there and then I come along and before I was begging him to get me a dirt bike and Got, got a little PW Zinger for, I believe it was his birthday or Christmas, and was begging him to take training wheels off, and he told me I, he'd take training wheels off as soon as I could ride my bike without training wheels. And <laughs> I, believe it, I believe a day later I was I training wheels off of both. And, and so I ran motocross from the time I was four to the time I was 22. And it got to the point to where kind of got to my, what I feel like was my end around here, um, just with money and sponsorship and work and everything else. 
and realized that I kind of went as far as I could and it was time to do something else and mm -hmm. got the, the bright idea of we were going to go get a, a sport mod and so we sold all the motocross stuff, drove down to Austin, I believe it was, and got a sport mod that was supposedly right there. <laughs> and so my uncle also was going to go in with us on it and get him one over due time and we were going to do it together. And uh, I guess it was Red River Speedway was the name of this track out here with Shaw at the time. And we were right at the end of the season and my uncle was like, well, let me drive it being that I've been in, you know, a car before and you haven't. And so we, we got ready and took it out there and I think he, it blew blew up in the heat race, like just obliterated everything. And, and so we were like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> so we just, we just picked the rest of the, there wasn't many races left, so we just kind of went into the off season and got a motor built. And my uncle got another car and we decided to do that for, for two years. And then I realized that that was not exactly my cup of tea and I was tired of putting bodies on straightening bodies out, you know, every weekend. And I told my dad, I was like, look, we're either going to have to do something else or I'm going back to motocross. And that's when we started looking at that wingless class at Walton. Mm -hmm. We were like, well, we could take the motor out of the, out of the sport mod and find us a roller sprint car and, you know, make a couple changes and do that. What size motor was it? It was just a, a 350 Chevy, oh, yeah. you know, motor with a two-rail car on it. And I believe it was a hydraulic cam at the time and all that. Hmm. You know, I had to so many PSI and mm -hmm. do all that to, to limit them. Yeah. So we did that for a couple of years and won a championship at, at Lawton back in 18, I believe. And then... Was like okay, well, cool. Let's go do the elite series and just kind of dabble in that. And at that time, the elite was only up to the 360. You know, there was an open motor, but you could only run, you know, like an ASU's motor at the time. Mm -hmm. And so we we pick and chose there, you know, what we did, and we'd run back at Lawton. Then it just kind of kept growing. And okay, well, we'll do this, we'll do that. And I kind of ended up couple of years getting a, a motor from my brother-in-law a, a two-barrel 360 that oh, wow. we ended up that we ended up putting injection on mm -hmm. and then kind of got to the point where we're like okay we need more wow or the elite series opened up to a 410 class <clears throat> and so this past year we were able through the middle of the year to get a, a 410 and so now we're we're in it deep. We're got a 410 and trying to. Last year was a learning curve. I'll, I will give it that. It, it it is a complete different animal now. So <laughs> that's what I that's what I've heard. I had a, I got a buddy that he's a he went from a three I think it was a 360 and he had a 410 and yeah he said it's a complete different animal. Yeah, I was, I had kind of psyched myself out over the, the 410 deal. I was like, man, it's going to be a 
you know, a whole different like power band and everything like that. And the way it comes on, just the sheer speed's going to be ridiculous, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, it is, but mm-hmm. a lot of it's just, a lot of it is the way the power comes on and just the transfer of weight through the car and stuff like that. And so a lot of it wasn't necessarily just motor, it was set up and shocks and everything like that, that we had to kind of be like, whoa, okay, this is different. And we kind of, we were chasing our tail for a minute through through the middle of the season, trying to figure out exactly what we needed. But towards the end of the year, we started getting a little better, which, you know, as a racer, you never do good enough. In your own right, so right. You, uh, you're always chasing that next best. So we, uh, we were able to go to Hockett this past year, which was a big bucket list thing for me. And we were locked into a preliminary night A, and we had a mechanical yeah. error on, on our part and took the green flag and didn't wasn't able to make a lap. And so that kind of set us back for the main main show on Saturday. And we we kind of thrown the book at set up because we knew passing was going to be hard. and. Mm-hmm. Didn't end, didn't end up making the the big show, which was which was rough. But for the first time being there and you know getting to experience the the hockey McMillan Memorial itself was was cool. And I feel like if we would have just you know been able to get through the show on our prelim night, we would have been been sitting a lot better for Saturday. And we uh, but we learned, you know, it's all in learning. Right, right. Now, where's uh, where's Hockett at? Hockett is up in Missouri at uh, the Lucas Hole Speedway up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, uh, that was, and you know, that's the dominant dirt tracks up there. So that was that was a cool experience to get to go to and see that whole facility that was just immaculate. <laughs> Oh goodness! So you drive the thirty-one car. So is there any significance behind that number? Anything or? So this goes back to the motocross side of it. Back when my dad was running, dad was running motocross, cross country to be exact, and got the the number of an intermediate champion, which was a three, which was intermediate, and then one, which was a champion number. Mm-hmm. And so he ran that and then went to motocross the next year. And so on all his pictures was always 301 that I would look through. And I had my own number for a while, which was 241 back whenever I was running early. Mm-hmm. And that was just a number that I you know, came up with myself. And then got to, I guess, 85s. And I was like, Dad, I want to, I want to change my number. And he's like, well, What do you want to be? And I thought I want, you know, I want to be your number. I want to be three hundred one. So we changed everything. And then when we went to the, I ran that through when I was twenty two. And then uh, whenever we went to the sport mod, you know, you got you got enough room on sport mod where you can have three digit number down the door. Oh yeah, you can put it up on the quarter panel too. <laughs> so we ran. We ran 301 on the sport mod, and then when we went to the non-link sprint car, Dad was like, well, we don't have the room for that. And I was like, we'll just drop the zero. We'll just do 31. And that was always going to be kind of a, a number if, if I ever did have 
if uh, if I ever did have to run a two-digit number in motocross, that's what we were always going to be. So it was pretty fitting on just you know dropping a zero, go to thirty-one, and it's just stuck. That's awesome. So. I think I met you, I think it was towards that 18, 19 season. It might have been 18. Uh, uh-huh. I had my first race at Monarch. And so it's funny. So then uh, I think Jennifer came by the store, and then I found out that was your aunt. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and she was telling me. It's a small world, maybe. Sorry. Yeah. People and, you know, and all that. Yeah. That's pretty quick. Yeah, pretty crazy. Bubby's getting married, huh? Yeah. Where I'm glad. Yeah. So, talk about how did you get this? Uh, how did you get this chili bowl ride? Man, it, it was honestly just a good, a good friend that we've, you know, met and got to be really good friends with during the Elite Series with Justin Zimmerman and. Chili Bowl talk started to come up, and he kind of looked at me, and he was like, well, I'm, I'm getting another car. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, didn't think much about mm-hmm. it. And, you know, he was planning on running, and all of a sudden, it kind of come up, and he was like, do you want to run it? And I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, you know, kind of blew it off. I was like, hey, no way you're going to put me in one of your cars. Yeah. That's Jefferson's other middle car. You know, I mean... The, the rental ride deal is a big a big topic right now and mm-hmm. I was like and like you know you could be making money off of this deal and you're you're gonna set me in it for you know just because and I guess it was about Thanksgiving whenever he got a second car and he's like well I'll keep you updated and you know let you know and I didn't want to get too too up on it so I really didn't think much of it and I was like, you know, if it works out, it works out. If it don't, you know, so be it. You know, no big deal. Mm-hmm. And then probably at the first or second weekend of December, he called me and he was like, well, it's ready. <laughs> and he's like, we need to get some practice. And I was like, you think? And so it just kind of, I mean, all I can say is it was opportunity from a, a really good friend. And I won't ever be able to thank enough for that and repay him for that because, you know, that's a, that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me up the life that, you know, most people have on their bucket list as a, as a dirt track racer. So how do you – so you get – you pull up to the expo and was it like the – like the pearly gates just opened? <laughs> so I've only – it kind of was. So I've only ever – been to the chili bowl i can physically watched it once and that's oh. been probably three or four years ago we just went on a random thursday and just <laughs> quick up and back trip on that night on a you know just a feeling night mm-hmm. and watched and came back but other than that you know i've just watched it on tv and so i wasn't able to spend the full week up there i had to drive back and forth just with kiddos and you know helping with my wife and all that yeah Getting into school, I didn't want to take them out of school for that week and, you know, just to do my deal. And so we go up there Sunday for practice and, you know, it was the nerves setting. <laughs> no other, you know, 
rolling down the ramp for the first time and all that. I get out on the track and I'm like, dude, this thing's tiny. Like, I felt like I was on a go kart track. I was like, there's no way that they run like they do. I was like, this this got to be small or something. Like, something's up. Kind of like the build and, at the Ag Center, huh? Every year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, we run two sets of, of practice on Sunday and I was like, man, I'm not this ain't good, like, I'm not feeling good, like, mm-hmm. practice didn't, didn't go good, I mean, it wasn't nothing with the car, it was me, like, I, you could just tell nerves were, were bad, and so, we just shook it off, went, went home, and, uh, Justin's prelim night was Tuesday, so I drove back up Tuesday to, to help him with his night, and naturally, he goes out, and the driver that he is goes, and you know, makes prelim A and walks it into the C main on Saturday. And I'm like, geez, like, you didn't have to go out and set the bar that high for me, you know, to, to try to hit, you know, because my prelim was on Friday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they're on the high with, with his car owners as well, uh, Danny and WD, where, you know, they help with D up and they run D up and help with Justin with his cars. And, uh, you know, we kind of just laughed it off and joked and was like, you yeah, know, oh, you'll be fine. So I come back for Wednesday and Thursday, come come home, just kind of chill out and head back up Friday morning for my prelim. And thankfully, we got some all laps before my night started. And, and it was like something something switched finally and settled down. And I was like, okay, like I feel good now. And we draw in, I believe I drew at 98. And so I was like, well, I'm not starting on the front row, which is... That was the only thing I was concerned with. I was like, I don't want to start on the front row. Right. You know, because at that point, you got to win. And I was like, well, if it's not the front row, it's the very back. So we're not, you know, really any better because we don't have any start points. And so we start that first heat, and there's a massive pile of getting into the one and collected about two or three cars. And managed to get around that and got ended up, I think, we went not to to fifth, I believe, in the heat. Heck yeah. And, and you know, with, with some help of Rex and, yeah. I mean, we got some cars, we went forward, and, you know, it's chill, you gotta take what you can get. Right. And so that, that locked us into our, to a qualifier, we were top 40 past points, so I was like, alright, cool. I look at my qualifier, and it's absolutely nothing but national midget, you know, USAC national guys. And I'm like, Oh, geez. And I mean, dude, we're the only team that's not a part of a big team. Like, <laughs> everyone else has got, you know, four or five car teams, you know, they got the crew chiefs and all that. And I'm over here in stage and like, what are we getting into right now? Who was in that? Did it, who was some of the names that was in that? <laughs> and Pitman. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was. Uh, San Antonio Ferrucci, the, the IndyCar driver. Oh, yeah. Who else was in it? Uh, McDougal. Um, oh, J- was it Jason, Justin, McDougal? Uh, and, man, if you had to ask me, I could have listened to them all up. I could go through my phone. I've got a picture of it. But, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just like, what in the world? And I was like, eh. You know, I looked at, looked at one of my guys, and I was like, well, thank you. They do the same thing I do. They get in the same way and get out the same way. So right. we'll see where we stack up. And man, we we weren't bad. And if 
if there was, I feel like if I'd have made some smarter decisions on my part as a driver, um, it would have went a little bit better. But I mean, we went, we started seventh in that and finished eighth. And I mean, we weren't, we weren't holding nobody up and we weren't losing everybody, you know, way far. And, you know, it's not like they just checked out on us or nothing. We were right there with, mm-hmm. with six and seventh. And if I had got up and run the top, like I should have the entire time, you know, we would have been better. But running the top of the Expo Center is, it's, it's intimidating. Like you're, you're wide open running into a, you know, a concrete barrier that's yeah. <laughs> on the other side. And you're like, I don't know about this. Then you're like, Chase Elliott was on the fence the last year. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Yeah, we, we went 7th, 8th, and wasn't enough, so we got the B, and then just we missed miss a prelim A through the B by, I think, two or three spots. Mm. And so they put us in half main for Saturday, and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't nothing that was disappointing by any means. I mean, I could have... You know, as a driver, like I said earlier, you always feel like you could do better. And, but I will say, I wouldn't have been anywhere close to what I was if it, if it wouldn't help for for Justin setting up the car. Because, I mean, I had zero idea how to set up a midget. And Justin would, you know, he took his driving cap off and put his crew chief cap on and, and had the car basically to where a monkey could drive it. And, you know, would, <laughs> You know, it's the first time I've ever messed with cockpit adjusters, you know, in a race. Like, mm-hmm. it's none of the series that I've ever ran had, you know, been allowed to run them. And so he was like, all right, well, if it's doing this, you know, you need to go this way, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, you're setting it up where you would, you know, in between races, but you're yeah. setting it up inside the car now. Right. And uh, so we'd be up in staging and stuff. He's like, all right, you know, if it's doing this, you know, you need to turn this way, put around here, there, all right, and, uh, but, yeah, we get to, we get to Saturday, and start our F main, and card, card took off great, went around one and two, great, made already a couple passes, on the bottom, car stuck on the bottom, like it was running on, on train tracks, and I was like, oh, we're going to the front, and car in front of me, off of turn two, he kind of lots tires up, gets sideways, you know, breaks his momentum, and mm-hmm. um, all up in him, all over the back bumper, mm-hmm. and start turning him while I cracked to, to not turn him because you know I don't want to get black flagged. Mm-hmm. And everyone behind me decided they weren't going to stop and continued to turn me into the infield and broke the bleeder housing off of the left rear wheel yeah. and caused a flat and. Didn't have enough time to change it nor and so that ended our chili ball. So it was an unfortunate way to end, but with how it started versus how it ended versus you know the entire experience, yeah, blast, and you know couldn't couldn't have dreamed it up any any better really. I mean, to never be in a midget, I got to practice it. We ran down to KSP the Wednesday before. Mm-hmm. They moved in and practiced it on, you know, on big track in comparison to the, to the expo. And so only, only to ever be in a midget one time to, to race it for the first time at the Chili Bowl. And, you know, just to be in the Chili Bowl in general was, it was a dream come true. Like I can't, like I said, I can't thank 
Justin and Debbie and Danny and everyone part of that enough not just to be able to do it. That was it was, it was an experience for sure. Bucket list checked off, you know, time thing. Yeah, so what's what's next? Uh what's next uh on the bucket list? So it actually kinda of works out. We we talked about it last year while the USAC national tour was going through uh you know, sprint week in mm-hmm. in Indiana. Oh wow. And you know, between my dad and David, another one of our big sponsors, we were sitting there talking and we were like, you know, it'd be nice to to go run that and, you know, just run with the USAC National guys in general. Mm-hmm. You know, well, our Elite Series, you know, unveiled their schedule and wouldn't you know, we're, we got four national events with USAC on the schedule this year that it's running with, co-sanctioned with Elite. Oh, wow. And so they come through uh, to, it's either Art Protect, no, 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 it's 67 Speedway. Is our non wing nationals this year, and like uh, it's not co sanctioned with USAC, but like Justin Aaron's going to be there, he's already announced. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a couple others because it's it's in between their their time. Probably Ken and McIntosh and Tanner and Thorstein. Oh, yeah, yeah all, all the big ones <laughs> are be there because they're not, midgets aren't running and, and sprints aren't running, and it's you know 10,000 a win, so that's going to draw attention, you know, oh, to yeah. a lot of names. Yeah. And then throughout, I think it's April, we go to like Rocket, and then I know there's Devils of All Twice, and then there's one more that I can't remember off the top of my head that's used that national race that it's like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely circled on the calendar this year. And then USAC's uh, championship finale is at Meeker this year. Oh, I read that. Ready to do at the end of the year, so that's definitely on the calendar. Because I've, I've begged Nathan for two years now to to get us a race at Meeker because you know street cars at Red Dirt always seem to put on a good show, and mm-hmm. you know we've never been able to run. We did a little bit whenever I was running the the wild car. Um, got to run it up there a couple times, but as far as you know, 410 or 360 or nothing. I've never been able to run a meter, so that's going to be a fun one. That'll be on the on the calendar as well. But we're we're just going to do some long stuff and kind of do what we can as long as we got money to go. We'll go to the next one. Now, when does that when does that season uh, kick off? When does your when does your season actually kick off? It's either the end of March or the beginning of April. I can't remember exactly. Oh, so you got um, some time. Yeah, we still got a little bit of time. We got yeah. roughly about a month before we really need to start kind of trying to pick a play date. Mm-hmm. You know, shake the car down. And, and, and I know our first one's at Canadillo, but I just can't remember the name. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to see Monarch back open. It's going to be good, but yeah, no sprints out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Unfortunately, I mean, like you said, I, I'm glad that they're back open, that they, they're doing something with it. I hated to see that thing sit dormant for, for a year now and oh, yeah. not have anything going on and, you know, naturally get the rumor mill and then you're, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's talking, you know, what's actually happening, you know, 
no one truly knew and you know it was all just speculation and then misty and shannon finally come out and you know we're gonna open it back and i'm like all right cool at least at least something's going you know even though even though our class isn't running on it and right. i'm back there is two 305 wing shows i saw that that's on there which is cool you know i wish i still had the 305 connection that i did at one point but yeah, if I ain't doing nothing, I'll be out there to support it for sure. Yeah, I think TSS comes through there. Um, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, I was I was happy to see it. The biggest rumor I heard was that they were going to sell Devil's Bowl and they were going to buy a Monarch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, the Devil's Bowl rumor's been around. I mean, it's been around for yeah. three or four years now that... You know, somebody's bought it, and, you know, developmental land here lately has, you know, been a big commodity that everyone's trying to get. And, Something about FedEx you know, was going to yeah, be a good being the, Where it's at with the airport and everything, or the FedEx rumor started, the UPS rumor, mm-hmm. and all that. And, and then they come out, and, no, we're having our 50th, you know, our 50th year. I'm like, there it is. All right, cool. Yeah. It's been a good day, too. That's awesome to see. So, uh, what do you what do you do for a living here in uh, Wichita? So I'm a mechanic out at Shepherd Air Force Base on the oh okay on the T thirty eight. I'm a mechanic out there. And thankfully, got a Monday through Friday job on days, and even yeah. though I can wake up super early and That's... get off at a decent time, and you know have most weekends to to myself and be able to do whatever I need to do. That's like me, dude. I'm a lineman over at Kickapoo, so yeah. I know about that aviation life. Right <laughs> Yeah. Um, of course, we got the FBO, too, over there at Regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll work over there. We'll start working over there when uh, Sun Country will bring in their flights to Bullard City, Arizona. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you got any sponsors you'd like to thank? Uh, first and foremost, my, my wife and my kids. Um, you know, it takes a special person to let me go run and still play with my toys and do what I need to do. Right. What I want to do, I guess, every weekend, you know, uh, while she stays home. But hopefully we got, got some horses and everything that she's, she's getting back into and let the kiddos go play a little bit while I'm gone, too. Mm-hmm. Um,
destroyed a car in Amarillo and thought, well, no, that was it. You know, that's all I have. You know, we're not mm-hmm. not a big team. We're, we don't have a whole lot of spares sitting in the shop. So if we destroyed something big, it's it's pretty much game over. And You got like five chassis sitting in the shop. It's that, it's that basketball time at the Y, isn't it, right now? Yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I always said I wasn't going to coach my kid. And sure enough, this year, um, I'm an assistant coach. So that's, that's been a learning curve as well. <laughs> I, I've had a blast doing that. I never never thought I'd be doing that. Never wanted to do that. But I'm glad. It, it's fun getting to coach a bunch of five- and six-year-old little girls that don't have a whole lot of attention. But... Watching them every day is, is, is cool. Yeah, that's like my my wife. She's got a, she's got a little cousin that uh, I think she's in the she might be in the fifth and sixth break uh, division. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're from Marcher City. Uh, we got a. She's like every game. It seems like she scores like thirty points, and I'm like, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, we're, lucky, we're lucky to get about six as of right now. You know, it's it's a matter of if it falls in or not but no from from where we were at the beginning of the year to where you know this was the first year that we've ever you know basically seen a basketball much less play the game and you know eight foot rim to to a three foot tall kid that's that's a long way yeah, and we got to the, from the beginning of the year where we couldn't even touch her in with the ball. To we could make some shots pretty consistently. It's been fun. They they've come a long way. She's like, let me. She's like, let me talk about my stats, Dad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's my little one. That little break, but that one keeps me on my toes for sure. It's like my wife, she's a kindergarten teacher over at I.C. Evans of Burke. And oh, bless her. Every day, it's something. It's something. Well, she's got, I think she's got 20, 22 kids, 20, might be 19 or 20 kids. And I'm just like, and you don't have no, and they don't have no aids or nothing over there. She's just like, oh. yeah, it's it's crazy. Bless, bless that woman. I couldn't. <laughs> And an hour for for coaching nine players. I'm I'm give out by the end of it. I'm like tap me out. I'm done. Like I need a break. Let me have some rest. And I couldn't imagine <laughs> wrangling them in for eight hours a day. Yeah, and then uh, I was like, I said so, and they can't really discipline over there. So it's like. Tell what, like, I mean, you can get on to this stuff, but yeah, it's. I'm, I tell her every day, I'm like, props to you because I couldn't put up with it. Yeah, no joke. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, Mason, I want to thank you, man, for uh, joining us today and uh, good luck this season. We'll have to have you on here again. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it. I'm glad we finally got to. Yeah. Do it. I know we talked about it for, for a while now and. <laughs> Schedules didn't do it, and I know the last time that we tried to do it, you know. Right. I'm, I'm an old man. I like my sleep, so I'm in bed normally pretty early. So. Hey, I understand that. It's like I went to bed. I had my, you know, my other podcast. I did an interview last night, and uh, I got done editing that. Of course, I got done with the interview earlier, about 11, but I was editing it till like, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, almost 2 o'clock. Oh, when I finally published it, I was like, "God, imagine!" Uh, I struggle. I, I'm I'm that person that's gonna have seven to eight hours of sleep, you know, to be mm-hmm. to be a good functioning person that's not, you know, completely cranky all day. And uh, my wife's like, "Well, I'll stitching around on three to four hours and be lucky go dory and you know, run an entire business, you know, with no, right. you know, not a second thought." And I'm over here like. Yeah, set my alarm before before we did this and that that three forty five alarm I was like, Oh, this is gonna this is gonna hurt in the morning but I am glad we got to do it now. It's worth it for sure. Dude, I freaking I know what you mean. My wife came home and I didn't even know she came home and she's like, You've been sleeping since eight since you got home today and I'm like, Really? <laughs> Cause I get off at ten thirty every day and I'm like and I go home and I'm like I usually only take an hour, but I guess I've been exhausted these last few weeks. So, yeah. 
Let's face it, the worst thing to deal with after a storm is the damage. That's why I personally recommend Elite Roofing and Restoration. They'll walk you through the process. They also offer many different services, including HVAC, electrical garage door repair, and so much more. So why don't you give them a call for a free estimate at 405-443-7979 or send them an email at EliteRoofingYukon at gmail.com. They'll work with you. And at Elite Roofing, their motto is honesty, integrity, and transparency. Let's face it, these days, the best way to get that advertisement out is either shirts, hats, or stickers. And you're wondering, where can I get this? Well, I've got the solution. You need to go see Get Addict Customs in Wichita Falls. Owners Erica and Justin Poole will get you done right. You can either shoot them an email at getaddictcustoms at gmail.com or go to their websites, getaddictcustoms.com. They do custom leather, patch hats, gifts, t-shirts, stickers, and more. They did uh, some of my brother's merch, and let me tell you, it turned out perfect. So yeah, you can either shoot Erica a text at 940-257-3345, or shoot Justin a text at 254-624-3082. Get at it! Well, folks, I think that's going to do it for another episode of The Checker Flag Show. want to thank Mr. Mason Smith for coming on. Great to hear his story, how he got started in racing, and his first overall Chili Bowl experience. We want to wish him the best of luck this season. And for you race fans, we'll meet back here at the same time for the Checker Flag Show. Good night, everybody. Comes out of turn number four to check the checkered flag.